So who's the host? You both of you guys, or you, Chip, or you, John? Yeah, 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 yeah. From Atlanta, where we rate our Uber drivers on aggressiveness in traffic. The yellow blinking light means slow down, not stop, asshole. It's the Whole World Improv Podcast, brought to you by Whole World Theater, Atlanta's original home of improv. Here are your hosts, artistic director Chip Powell and a man who's being well-trained by his new dog, John Mihalik. Oh my god, John, what kind of dog? Oh, oh my god, is it like a little cocker spaniel? Or is it a little... Oh, oh, oh. Fun fact about Kate, if she sees any little tiny fluffy animal for about three seconds, she will cry. Hey everybody, it's John. Thanks for tuning in this week. Before we start, you're going to hear the word renegades. It has nothing to do with Jeeps, that TikTok video, or mid-90s TV show starring Lorenzo Lamas. What, you... You've never heard of Lorenzo Lamas? Uh, it was Dr. Hollywood on Big Time Rush and got ate by a shark in Sharknado 3. I, I think so. I've never really watched either. It's also a song by Styx, but you damn kids have probably never heard of the classics. At Whole World, the funny videos we make are called Renegades. It was a term picked up in post-production, and it just stuck. We've showed them many times during breaks in our shows and as parts of other projects. We still make them. Check out our YouTube channel. I know, I know what you're thinking. What a good company, man, to slip that in there. And now, on to the show. I think Renegade were my favorite because we didn't have permits. We didn't give a fuck about a permit. And we would run into, like the time Phil Cater and I got chased by mall security while we were trying to get out of the mall because we were doing the the food samples and going, oh, oh. That woman on the payphone got so mad at us. And then the lady from haagen she goes, no more samples for you. And then she's like, I'm calling security. And we were like hauling it to get down to the other end of the mall and outside. But it was like, that was the fun, I think, when we did the whole dance number inside of the mall and there and again. It which ended mall did security. we do that at? I can't remember which that mall. That was Lennox. Yeah, Lennox Mall. That was like a day that it was choreographed and everybody was ready to go. And like you and Sarah, Annie, falling down in the park and fighting was just hilarious. Michael, Coach Michael is probably hands down my favorite. It's so inspirational. Think about you know, what but, like an innocent time that was too. We were in the airport. We were messing with people in the yeah. airport. Like oh, yeah. in the malls. Yeah. Like it wouldn't even yeah. have even occurred to us, you know, maybe this could frighten somebody or cause yeah. a scene in a bad way. It was all like we are going to delight people. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> we're hilarious. That's <laughs> you know, Thomas uh puking on Michael Snow. <laughs> at Ansley Mall. But you have to give a better well, description of what this is now. That's pretty much what it was. It's just, uh, Michael was reading a paper, Thomas came up and puked on him. <laughs> what a lot of people don't understand about that one was I had written a whole scenario for this whole renegade that we shot this whole day of it was called my worst day and we just filmed me doing all this stuff down at Ansley Mall. Remember that's where we did the drive-by fruiting? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 
So the drive, I'm walk, John, I'm walking out of the Kroger and everyone pulled up in Michael Sweeney's pickup truck and they were all, so I'm pretending to be coming shopping out of Kroger and they said, faggot, gay guy, and screwed at me out in front of the middle of the Kroger. And I wanted to, you know, and people were like, what are they doing? Why are they doing this? So all kinds of things like that. In the midst of all these things, I was like, okay, Thomas, you're going to come down around 1 p.m. and I've got a can of Dinty Moore stew and all, I just need you to eat this stew and throw up on me and so that's what we did and when we went through all the footage and started editing it together the only thing anybody cared about was when Thomas threw up on me so they said okay that was so great got to go out next Saturday and throw up all over each other all day long so we did oh it was Super Bowl Sunday because it was the day of the Super Bowl and we went around town throwing up on each other all over each other <laughs> Real, real highbrow stuff. Yes. In front of the Atlanta Hawks stadium, I threw up on Thomas and almost got the shit beat out of me because they were like, thought I was disrespecting Thomas. That is commitment right there. <laughs> you don't see that kind of commitment to improv in most places. Oh, it was fun. I mean, it was very, you know, I wouldn't say it was nerve wracking. You really had a lot of adrenaline going. The day I left class and David was like, you need to come to the park right now. And I get to the park and they hand me a paper bag with a thong in it and go there and change into this thong. And I don't know why I did. I mean, I, you just didn't even ask questions. You were like, I better go put this on. And then I was back out there in a thong and it's like, oh my God, like the things we did. Well, Chip, the only reason I put my thong on is because when he handed me mine, he goes, Chip already did this. And I was like, oh, if that bitch did it, I got to do it too. <laughs> <laughs> Annie, what was your experience here? What kind of shenanigans were you doing in these renegades? So I would often like write just dumb, silly little things, obviously, as they all were. Mine tended to get a little big. Like I started like, I guess actually probably when I first started writing. So it was like, it started to get a little concept heavy. But I remember like I was often holding a camera. I was like one of the people holding a camera out in the wilderness watching these clowns too. So that was part of it. I don't even remember too many of mine. I remember doing like a whole bunch of prank phone calls. Um, I think some of mine didn't get edited of the prank calls, but I do remember one that I really liked of me calling around for massages and pretending to be wholly ignorant about what was going to happen in the massage. I have seen footage of that not too long ago and it's pretty funny actually. So it still holds up. Completely offensive. I mean, this is how long ago it was. We could prank call people. Yeah. And they yeah. wouldn't know your number. Yeah. And I mean, again, this is how long ago it was. People were used to seeing video cameras up here and we had just transitioned to being able to hold your camera at like waist height or so with a flipped screen and it changed the game entirely. So we could each have a camera, hold the camera, set these guys up and then we could do whatever. And nobody would even bat an eye. They wouldn't see a camera because you're not holding it right here. The Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Mm -hmm. Give me some Ruth Chris. <laughs> I was like, well, I was like, all the restaurant ones were great. I liked all the restaurant ones, but yeah. I liked, um, I mean, the classic is Bill, right? Oh, the Dirty, Dirty Beaver. Dirty Beaver. Yeah. Yeah. That was the classic. Hard to be. We, I mean, uh, I've, heard, I've even, that's got its own life on the interwebs. Like it exists people pass that around so when the internet was first kind of getting started we started getting reviews online and we had never had that option before and lynn and i were in the office and somebody wrote their review and she went and that dirty beaver thing is not funny because she was giving us a bad review and so i was like i was like you have no funny bone like i was like on there and then lynn was like yeah, uh, no 
you're not going to be writing. No. <laughs> but I was like, I'm mad. How dare she say that's not funny? She doesn't know what funny is. But uh, that was like the first time I'd ever read a bad review about us. And then they slammed the beaver. I'm like, bitch, you crazy. He slammed the beaver. Annie, tell us about what you're doing now. Currently, right the second or just in general? How about in general? <laughs> Thank you. I can really, I can get pretty specific. Um, Please tell us about your breakfast. Yes, it was delicious. <laughs> well, I still work in TV and film stuff, foolishly. But that actually has brought me back to Atlanta. Six, seven, eight years. Can't remember how long I've been back now. Which is nice to be back and I get to participate in the theater stuff every so often, which has been really wonderful. Like when I first, first came back, I was... I think I taught a class for a second, didn't I? Yeah, I taught like a beginner's improv and got to be more around the theater and it was great. It was super fun. Acting, writing, that kind of jazz. I was hoping to direct my first feature this year. Obviously that's not happening just because of everything going on, but that is on the back burner for now, but um, hopefully that will be happening sometime in the next. Can you give us a hint on the directing? It's something I wrote. So it's a film going to be set and shot in the UK, right? Correct. Annie is very shy, it's not the word I like to say, about her work, but I will give a shameless plug for Annie's work. If you want to see Annie get murdered, <laughs> you can watch Brightburn. Did you head, your head get cut off? You get decapitated in that Oh, area? I get um, just destroyed by being thrown around the room by a Awful. little <laughs> brat. <laughs> this is so, so fun. Me and kids, we don't get along. So, and I, can I oh wait? I have to now. I get to do this for you, Michael, because Michael's fame is beyond anyone's fame that has ever left Hollywood because it was on Survivor, and it's just, just like when people find that out and they see his season, they're just like, I don't know. It still blows people away. It blows me away. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. So, what season was that? Seven. No. Seven. Twenty-six, Annie. I don't, this, you're, literally, your season is the only one I've ever watched, so, and you were fantastic on it. It was good. Did you He's win? Alabama, by the way. Did I win, John? You're too. No. How far did you get before your torch was extinct? Day 25 of 39. Far. Like, it was a fans versus favorites, and you went about as far as you could go for a fan. Yeah, it was not an easy season to play, but yeah. um, it was fun. And uh, do you crave worms still? Yes. What kind of worm was that you ate? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love worms. Grubs, we like to call them grubs, Jeff. You learn a lot of life skills on that. He's become a different person. I feel like aqua, what was it? Aqua dumping, seriously. That is the best thing that I ever learned was to aqua dump. It's just like, don't go into the shower after me. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> Improv can take you so many places, everyone. But not until you've aqua dumped. Yeah, you've not lived until you've aqua dumped. Hey there, did you know that Whole World is opening up for live shows again? Yeah, just as the whole world is opening up for everything. <laughs> Join us in a safe, socially distant pod for some great improv and lots of laughs. We're still following the CDC guidelines to ensure that everyone has a great time. But honestly, what does the CDC know? If they were really on their game, The Walking Dead would have ended by season two. There's hand sanitizer galore and it's pretty airy. No need to hug or touch anyone. Blah. Who wants to do that? Blah. You know, I think that we've built so many great friendships from the early years of forming this company. 
And, you know, we lost some people along the way, but I'll say this, I've never felt more. I love that we, we all can travel together, three of us and others gone to wine country and we've been to Maine and we've gotten to experience things together because it's almost like it was this family of people. And I always tell my students because I've noticed over 26 years had a lot of them form friendships and bonds that last for years. I was telling someone the other day that Jenny the Greek, who was with us, and Bethany Higgins, who went back for years, are still very, very good friends to this day, like best friends. And I still have a lot of people that come in and out of my life that were a part of the theater. As we're starting to wrap things up, what do you think some of the more important things that you learn from Whole World and that you still carry with you to this day? So, I mean, the friendship, obviously, I mean, that trust that, you, I mean, the hugest thing you learn very quickly is trust, right? Like you have to have that trust in your partner and you very quickly need to have that trust in your partner. So you kind of just have to get out of your own head and allow it to happen because you have no choice. You will fail if you don't have it. So establishing that, those bonds with people and that trust with people and the shared experience element of just being completely like your partner will save your butt. There's no way you can just be funny by yourself for X amount of time consistently forever. You have to have your partner and your partner's back. And it does allow you to build like really great friendships. Like you said, like you touched on, like I do feel still incredibly close to all of the people that I've spent time doing improv with. And we've all been through a lot together, but I also think like just in life, you just like, I don't know, you can just, go with the flow a little perhaps more easily than some and like staying present is like a really is something I forget all the time but like all of those exercises we did to like get present and stay present I still use and anytime I'm getting anxious I try and do some of those exercises to get me back into being present and like checking in with my surroundings you know just noticing small things I think I use it more than I am aware of actually I use it all the time in acting just because that's what I still do in writing. It's my bread and butter. So I use it all the time and I can't even count the ways, but the friendship stuff is huge. What about you, Michael? Um, It's, I mean, it's so obviously so many things. I mean, just in this conversation, we really haven't even spoken about stage work. You know what I mean? It's what this meant to us was, you know, this particular group and as, you were saying, Chip, the other groups have their, you know, the other eras of whole world theater have their, you know, their core experiences. But for us, like we were kids and we all saw something from the ground up and grow together. We learned so, so much, you know, how to work together, how to rely and trust and how to, you know, and actually the negative side of all of things, there were a lot of tough times that we went through, you know, together. So I learned how to be part of a group and, and stand alone within, within that. Um, but I will say that something I was alluding to earlier is like, I found that the gr- greatest thing I've learned is like, there is no better pleasure in the world than sharing an experience with other people, whether it's a scene or a show or, you know, the whole time we had together at Whole World Theater. If you're sharing it with somebody else, that's that's the best thing you can get out of it, you know, like because because you can sit around and, you know, we don't. I don't think, I don't think like Annie and I, um, you know, we're all in touch, but Annie and I, we're like, we're in touch almost every day, 
you know, still after all these years. Too much. What's that? It is too much. (laughs) But we don't reminisce, you know, but we have that shared experience that is just inherent in who we are. It's like each time we, it's like getting out on the stage. There's that, you know, you have so much trust already that it's just unspoken. And I don't know, I could go on and on about what I've learned from whole world theater for a very long time. You will learn authenticity and how important it is to you as a person too. And I don't know if it's an age group thing also, because we were so young. I mean, I was, I was even younger than you guys when I started, like I was not even 21. Yeah. You were youngest. Yeah. Uh, so I had to go through my own personal journey with finding like, and you're so trained to find your voice and what's funny for you. And like, your weird subconscious coming to the surface and allowing that to be and allowing that to be funny and people actually wanting that from you. And that's the thing that makes them laugh. And then because of that, eventually like you really get better at trusting and your own taste and your choices. And it leads to you kind of, I think getting to a place with really discovering who you are and allowing that authenticity. And that takes time. But I, I think, I think improv actually really helps with that it really helped me i don't know if it would help everybody but it, I think it kind of would well thank you guys for taking time out it was so good to catch up with you thank and you, get your history a whole world and so uh be on the all thanks to you chip but like did you yeah. have like literally this is all thanks to you so Yeah, I was thinking about you today, you and Emily today, Chip, you know, knowing that we were going to talk and was just kind of like, oh, my God, they're still doing shows. And that place is still cranking out shows. It's incredible. Yeah, Yeah, Emily's actually in studio right now with the production team. I know that we'll probably be over at the studio all week. You know, in the meantime, we've also got classes in person, some online. We're about to start back outdoors at Pont City Market. So we'll be outside. We're waiting on word from Atlantic Station as to when they want to open up for an outdoor opportunity. Uh, There's just, I just didn't know what else to do, but to keep doing it. I mean, that was the only way that it was going to survive. I'm sure you guys are getting ready. People are going to get those vaccines and they are going to be like, I need to go do something. And you guys are going to be hot. Crazy. You're going to have crazy shows like we used to do. Remember when it was like a full moon and like people would like pee on the wall? Yeah. 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 Get on stage and dry hump. Right. Yeah. Not not holes in the wall. Horrible improv theater shows include peeing on the wall. (laughs) <laughs> not anymore <laughs> we have a strict no pee policy well we'll see we'll test this it. is why they don't invite you to do shows anymore Annie. come on <laughs> <laughs> i'll wear a mask <laughs> john was this painful did you like sitting listening to like oh yeah back in the old days hey. i love it you know this is a great intro um for hopefully the three people who are listening right now <laughs> to hear these stories because this is how this theater was founded i'll edit some inspirational music when i say this honestly i feel and a lot of others feel that it's really a sort of a honor to be here you know when you're invited into one of the casts, we're caretakers of what you started we're just continuing on but we're well, doing it from what you've built and so it was important to me when John brought the idea that because he's so green to all of this, like he doesn't know this history. So when he hears this stuff, like 
that that's why I've got him here. So he can go, uh, you need to hold up a second and explain what bitches is. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I guess we, we should explain that. There's so many more. I mean, like, there's just the, all the shows. We, we didn't even talk about the shows, you know, like the crazy ass shit we did on the stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we'd love to have you back for that. So we're going to hold you guys to that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to ask both of you, has he always been this way? Which always way had been? 10 things going on? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But you never know it, right? You just kind of like, he just kind of He's handling know, glides a lot. through them. Yeah. Yep. He's always been handling a lot of things. Like I've always felt like if you weren't doing what you're doing, Chip would be running like an extremely popular, busy restaurant and handling it with a plum. Like just, he's just got a, he knows what's going on. Everything's being handled. He's always aware of all the moving parts and he is the center point of the communication where everybody has to check in always. And that was kind of fascinating. Yes. Like just like the center of activity was always at his house. I don't know if it still is. Well, no, not since COVID. But well, for sure. It was before. But as far that. as you know. Just, <laughs> yeah. He still throws a heck of a party. Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, he's busy like this, and there's like, yeah, I'm uh, having cooking some steaks tonight, and some, uh, you know, Bob's going to work on the grill and make some barberitas. You know? like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you're throwing a party on your day off. Okay. Right. I'll, be over. I'll be over if you got any weed because I'm coming over. <laughs> I, I've got some really good edibles. Yeah, it's funny. The, uh, a couple nights ago, I gave Bob a grocery list. Oh, God. You know? We're yeah. the end of this story. Yeah, I got to go to Kroger and Publix for these. <laughs> yeah. Exactly what he said. And I worked and it was crazy hours and I didn't know when I was getting home. And I got home and I give him instructions on like chop the onion, um, shuck the corn. So I come home and everything's there ready to go. I whip it all up, put it in the oven, go to camp, get a glass of wine, come back, have dinner. Fall asleep in your chair. Fall asleep in my chair. Now I'm telling you, these edibles are really good. And so <laughs> you just take a little bit of one, like half of one. And Let me get, I'll text you my new address. You can send me some. I will. And then you, uh, then um, I go upstairs with my iPad. So now I'm, I've been able to get a good night's sleep. So from now on, I'm just going to start calling you out on edibles. You, know? <laughs> you don't give me phone calls back about the stuff we're doing. <laughs> get off your edibles, Chip. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, it's a it's a late night. It's a really great uh, go to bed because the schedule's been so crazy that if I don't, then my mind won't shut down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it just became legal in Virginia, you guys. So is it it legal in Georgia? No, but you can get a mail to you. I'll send you. I'll send you a picture of the thing. Whole World Improv Theater does not endorse mail order edibles. And we're talking about cookies, by the way. And also, not so much sexual harassment. You should make an edible in the shape of that face. Of yeah. that thing. Yeah. There you go. Oh my god, this is a great idea. Like what's the moment it's welcome legal. Do a little uh, side hustle with the whole face with the yeah, come on. C B D for now. You know what I'm saying? C B D. All right. Well, it's been great having you. We want you both to come back really, really soon. Thanks again. All right, kids. Well, thank you you guys. Love you. All right. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening to the Whole World Improv Theater Podcast. Still piping hot from the oven. (laughs) The Whole World Improv Podcast is a production of Whole World Improv Theater in association with Headspace Industries. The executive producer, writer, and master of the mystic arts is Chip Powell. The producer, writer, and editor is John Mihalik. Come on, John. How many things do you really need to credit yourself with? Original music by The Gentle Readers. Please help support this podcast by liking, subscribing, and leaving us a review. We'll be sending thank you cards to our listeners once we hit 10, so don't miss out. Whole World Improv Theater is a 501c3 nonprofit theater. Please support by donating at our website, wholeworldtheater.com. And remember, it's tax-deductible, so your money isn't being wasted on unnecessary things like roads or bridges. (gasps) Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Additional writing and voiceover from me, Kate Arlo. And John is talking about doing voiceover work now, so if you see him on the street, can you smack his ass because I don't need the competition. (laughs) Thanks for listening. See you next week. No, I'm the straightest guy he knows. Okay, I'm a flaming heterosexual. Yeah. (laughs) Very